This is Bipocalypse. Hey, my name is Ijlal. I have Asil, Elvira, and Zara here with me today talking about toxic masculinity and why men are like that. We'll start off with a fun fact. Um, did you know that uh, there are enough sperm donations in labs today uh, that if men went extinct, uh, the po- world's population could sustain itself? Okay, let's go on to something serious. I can't do this over and over. Let's go. We'll come back to YouTube. Uh, that, that is my favorite, I think, fun fact. Because it reminds me of, like, um, I don't know where this is from, but essentially, like, there's a theory that women can get pregnant using bone marrow of, like, other women. And then everyone else who's born will be women so or will be girls. So eventually men will just fade out. And if we already have the sperm to sustain ourselves, then I don't really see the point of men. You know what I mean? <laughs> it reminds me of um did you guys ever read or watch brave world no it's brave ba- new world yes a brave new world yeah yeah it's basically like exactly that like they just you know men like manufacture babies they don't use men or women as two babies basically yeah so that's essentially what it is so yeah like if we have the means might as well a lot of men will shame women for like the things that they wear at the gym but then I see them walking around with these itsy bitsy tiny tank tops and I'm like what are you I think an ick that I have and it's like one of the big ones is when when any man refers to women as females I can't do it the second I hear a man say females I'm out I think I, I get more bothered when like it's you girls like just I feel like the world girls is so infantilizing because we're not oh, girls. Yeah. I feel the same way about females too because like when I find that like or at least when I hear females when you think about female it's often like refers to just like your anatomy and so whenever I hear females I always just associate them with like them kind of knocking down and basically placing women as like or breaking them down to only their like their body rep- reproductive system do you know what i mean it's also like because then they like they talk about females in general like us like i don't know but what me personally if i'm mad at a guy i'm gonna say that man or that guy i'm not saying like all men and all guys as a whole but then guys when they get mad it's like suddenly it's all females it's like you know yeah it's like the whole trope of like men going oh my god like you're not like the other girls I hate that so much I hate that so much I don't know if you guys will agree with us but because it's such like the patriarchy and like toxic masculinity is only one form of the patriarchy right because it's so interwoven or woven into like our systems and our lifestyles whenever someone asks me like to give an example I immediately just blank because I feel like there's so many that are just a part of like everyday life that sometimes I don't even realize when I'm being affected by it. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it can be a bit of a blanket term. Like, I feel like that's just kind of what it's turned into. Like people kind of just throw it around for so many things that the same thing with 
like I don't know if this is controversial but like when people say like gaslighting it's become mm-hmm. such like common terminology in the like I don't yeah. know like Twitterverse <laughs> yeah. that like manifesting gaslighting what else is there toxic masculinity what else yeah. is there I agree because I feel like while it is a good thing that people are maybe more aware of it when it becomes almost like a joke or like when it be when it becomes overused I feel like it almost takes away from what it actually does like gaslighting for example is like it's it's a real thing and it has really really awful effects but people use it so loosely now that it almost takes away from what it is so that's why like often when I feel like um women for example in relationship like women who are in relationships with men they often don't realize they're getting gaslighted because it's so like the message or the meaning of the word gaslight is so diluted now that they it goes back to them just feeling like they're going crazy or they're like being too too sensitive and too in touch like too emotional and like all these labels that like men perpetuate onto women and then it's the same labels that that hurt men too like that's just what toxic masculinity is right like men aren't allowed to feel emotions i will say i think the like the popularization of of like terms like um like gaslighting and stuff on one hand is obviously like by being used more loosely can can have like negative consequences but i think it also kind of popular like it, it made it made men more aware of it like I, I don't think I was like necessarily aware of the term or like what it was um before it was like so trendy um but like as I've grown to like learn what it means or even if it's you know being tossed around loosely I think I've become more aware of how my actions can be perceived to like be, be gaslighting or like you know excessively hurt, hurting someone's feelings or something like that I do agree, but I feel like there's two sides of the coin. Like, I feel like you can hear about something with toxic masculinity and be aware that exists, but also kind of like you don't have the outside of body moment where you realize that you also are imparting toxic behavior. Because I feel like because you know it exists, then you think that you're kind of like privy from it and you're not part of it. Mm -hmm. And then you don't see these qualities in yourself. Like I see toxic masculinity around me all the time. Like it's prevalent in guys that I've talked to. It's prevalent in my family, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like this this might be because like I'm a woman and so like I experience it through this lens only but often a lot of the times when terms like these get popularized I'm not saying they're popularized by women but I think often because women experience it they they're the ones who talk about it more at least this is from what I or maybe that's just like my algorithms and whatever social media that I'm seeing but because I feel that women talk about it more or or, when men hear about it their first almost most of the time their first reaction is to discount it and say that it doesn't exist which is like I guess gaslighting and then so whenever sometimes like I I speak to men and you know I'm like you know you're kind of mansplaining right now or you're doing this or you're doing that they they their immediate reaction is like no I'm not doing that BIPOC people who I know have not grown up seeing healthy relationships and it's because a, a lot of a lot of 
men and like men of color don't know how to express emotion like they literally do not know how to and then the way that the patriarchy is set and the way that women have been conditioned is that they're supposed to accept this type of love and a lot of the times in in non-abusive situations it because kids don't see healthy ways of expressing expressing love expressing intimacy it's obviously going to have an effect on them and then just reiterates the same cycle and then that's in like the best case scenario and then in the worst case scenario men are abusive and you know and then women are still meant to accept that type of love and a lot of the stuff that I hear like it's like well he's providing for them okay cool bare minimum like are we cavemen that like he's giving me like a cave and that's it like I should be happy and I've heard so many times I don't know if you guys have heard too but like you know I've heard a lot of women say well at least he doesn't hit me yeah there are so many different types of abuse Mm -hmm. and a lot of it stems from men not being able to express emotions they don't know how to do it and then it comes out in very dangerous ways and while I'm saying this stuff I just want to put a content warning for anyone listening that we are talking about abuse and um, abusive relationships. So yeah, I want to put that there. So everyone is, feels safe while listening. Yeah, I think honestly, like as we're talking about the topic of toxic masculinity, like it can be all fun and jokes, like, oh, whether it's, it's gym bros or, or whatever it is, but I think people don't understand the severity that toxic masculinity can take you. And you and like when you're talking about marriages I was talking to my friend a couple of days ago and I was like man like I don't think I personally grew up with people around me who had like healthy loving relationships like and like I'm literally just learning it through movies and books that I'm, I'm reading about or I'm watching mm-hmm. and then again like the books and, and the media that I was consuming from a young age was almost always white people yeah right and it was all but like whenever I saw unhealthy the way that um I saw like media tackling issues of unhealthy relationships with white couples is very different than the way that they were framing it with like non-white couples. Like sometimes you see, like not sometimes, all the time, you see white men, abusive white men romanticized in a way that you would never see a man of color romanticized. Like prime example, Nate Jacobs. That man is physically, mentally, abusive like he if you search up the definition of abusive that man there's a picture of that man okay that reminds me of um you guys remember when like it came out and then there was a clown and people were like penny like they were all romanticizing penny and his like just yeah that was weird, weird. <laughs> that was straight up weird like <laughs> after to come out and he was like guys like or even oh my god oh my god prime yes i know of toxic masculinity freaking you Yes! Oh, oh my god! god. I just, you, know what? you said, you said uh, the actor had to, and my first thought was when Penn Bagley had to go, guys, Joe from you is a bad character. If you're like a cisgendered white man who is like conventionally attractive, you're, you're put on this sort of pedestal where even if you do really, really bad things, people just they're just looking at you they're not listening to anything you're saying or like doing like it's like you see it everywhere like 
serial killers like Ted Bundy like people will say it's like pretty privilege and a lot of people there's a lot of like talk about whether that exists and why it doesn't exist but at the end of the day pretty privilege is it's it's by white conventional standards if you are attractive if you have pretty privilege it's because most of the time you fit your eurocentric standards like you will rarely see a man of color in the same situation and being romanticized the way that um ted bundy and all these other very dangerous people are in the media and i i think like especially because of so much of this um behavior is not only accepted but sought after and romanticized it just goes back to large disconnect between immigrant men and their daughters because they don't know how to like how do you have a conversation with a girl they don't know how to do that they have only known maybe their mothers their sisters and then their wives right a lot of these like issues are framed with such a white perspective and never taken into account the like individual or the special or like the other issues and challenges that men of color have. And that's so frustrating whenever I hear it from like white feminists, male or female. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think uh, you're, you're, we're definitely on the right track. I think what the ch- challenge, uh, for example, like a young person of color faces um, as like a man trying to navigate how to not, you know, be toxic per se like how to how to be a better person overall um is, is exactly that is it's, it's framed uh in any person any man that's like in media um that that's showing signs of femininity or is is less you know problematic is going to tend to be a white man generally and that you know creates an internal conflict you you think to yourself oh i don't see myself in this person you know for obvious you know reasons um how, how do i how do i navigate that? that that's definitely something i've i've personally kind of faced um just trying to find someone to like be a role model or look up to you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a limited scope you're facing uh and exactly with with immigrant you know dads for example they've been so uh caught up on their own like emotional traumas from like leaving their families at young ages um and often what i found is that they those men that that moved to to western countries you know us canada will be stuck in a mindset that's even further back than their relatives back home they forget that time you know has elapsed in their uh departures fr- from their like home home countries um and, and their viewpoints are even even more outdated than than the rest of the world is so so it creates a it creates a really tough situation for for young uh, men of color that are, are trying to, you know, leave their family homes or, you know, go to college or something like that. Um, just trying to navigate how to uh, be better people. Um, when I think like usually immigrant men, when they come to a new country, like in the beginning, they're so against like abiding by that country's culture because, you know, they don't want to forget their own homes and, and their own, um, you know, traditions and rituals and all that and I completely get that but then if you're not progressing in this country and you're not back home to progress with the culture there then you just you're just stuck in time and then as us kids I mean like we're in this new culture and like we're slowly by slowly whether we want it or not like we're assimilating you know we're learning about all these new things and there becomes a drift between 
our parents and us. And it's so sad because then we grow up saying like, look, I love my parents, but there's just things that we didn't get along with. And that's mm-hmm. due to whether well, it's toxic traits that they just never grew out of. Yeah. I and mean, I feel like it, it really, especially as like an immigrant kid myself, like it becomes an issue where like a lot of immigrant parents feel like their kids are becoming too westernized. And often because the culture here is shifted so far and you know again they were not necessarily dealing with the same issues that people from outside of these like super countries like America, UK, Canada, whatever like they've progressed so much more in terms of other things like um, LGBT rights, uh, women's rights, etc, etc that like as we assimilate here and we learn more and our viewpoints become more progressive as according to these countries it seems almost like wrong to not follow what we were taught like from wherever our parents are coming from and I think it's also like really interesting about how a lot of the cultures that immigrants are coming from have not like these very binary understandings of what a man is and what a woman is. Like there's so many cultures, indigenous cultures, uh, South Asian cultures, et cetera, et cetera, that don't even, that are inclusive of like, for example, like trans identities, non-binary identities, right? And a lot of those identities, and the reason I bring it up is because a lot of those identities were erased through colonialism and almost make our culture um how do I frame this because of the trauma that like these cultures have faced as a result of colonialism it has really erased a lot of like the culture do you know what I mean like the tradition like the spaces for these non-binary individuals yeah and I think that's why I struggle so much with um I think discussions where people talk about you know Western countries being really progressive and being more accepting of minorities um, and LGBT and, you know, breaking down barriers and doing all these things. And it it kind of paints, you know, countries in the global South as being very, you know, they're regressed or they're too traditional or I find that interesting because like you said, a lot of it does stem from colonialism. There are so many places in the world where it was part of the dominant culture to, you know, accept different gender identities and sexualities. But a lot of the cultural erasure that they experienced because of, you know, colonialism and, you know, white settlers and the way that you know what I mean like like they they were victimized by white people Mm -hmm. and it's almost funny to me because when I'm having conversations with like say for example like white feminists and if they have like a very narrow viewpoint that like oh like when you're in the west like you like you should do as the Romans do blah 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 like it's like we're more progressive here um whereas things are so backwards there and it's like dude like these systems are only existing in these countries because of colonialism, which is from yeah. the West. Like, And it's also in like the Western media, a lot of like their examples of um, 
non like heteronormative forms of masculinity they will always almost it will almost always start with a white man who is expressing his gender and expressing his sexuality or non in a non-conforming way right like if you think about it like it, it goes in if you think about it like Harry Styles wearing a dress versus Kid Cudi and Young Thug and all these other um black men who've been doing it for a long time but all of or billy porter but all of a sudden harry styles is a trailblazer who has wiped the slate and is redefining what masculinity is you're right and then in our culture too like whenever like men of color or just families people of color they're represented it's usually like there's the guy he's the dad and the dad is super strict and he doesn't want his daughter to go out too late. And he doesn't want her to wear specific things. And he gets mad when his son wears like bright colors like pink. Um, and then people see that and like they assume that that's, that's what our culture is like, right? And then we always have to be like defending it. And I feel like there becomes a time when like we at times start developing hate for our culture because it's represented that way. But I mean, it's not, it's not their fault. Like, it, like when I go back home, it's not that bad it's just that's the common trope and that's what's represented I could never fathom and I could never understand what it would be like to be a man not that it's necessarily easier because that is not a question that you could have a straight answer but like I'd like just to imagine like being unable to form many male friends, which is an issue I find I think many men have, but then also within those trusted circles, anytime you do being labeled this and that and anything like it, to be completely negated and not un, like not validated must be so, so lonely. It is sad. And yes, yeah, sure. I mean, like, as a woman, I get angry sometimes. But at the same time, it's like, I also like, I feel so bad for you, because it becomes like a horrible feedback loop. Like, for example, like a guy won't talk about his emotions, like he won't talk about, like how he got fired, or he's not doing well in his job, or, you know, money is a little tight. And then the others around you, they won't know. And because they don't know, the situation is going to keep on getting worse and worse and worse. And then the man is going to start feeling like he's a worse and worse and a worse provider. And it just keeps on getting like more and more awful. Um, and, and because they're not reaching out, like no one can help them. And I think the other thing that I wanted to talk about is like, of course, males and men, like they do have a role to play in this and to start reaching out for help and having open and honest conversations. But I think also as females, we play a role on the kind of expectations that we have on men. Like, you know, because I think a lot of females are like, okay, like, yeah, I don't want a toxic man. Of course, none of us want toxic men. But then they start seeing the qualities that they want and what they're attracted to. And then it is so hypocritical because it's negating everything that you're saying that you don't want. You know what I mean? So like, I think we also have to be open that if men talk about their emotions, if men cry, um, if they work certain jobs, like that doesn't make them any less masculine. So I think females also, we need to redefine the, the definition of masculinity. I think, I think we need to remember that at the end of the day, um, toxic characteristics, toxic masculinity, things like that, they benefit no one. They, they aren't mm -hmm. helping men. They don't help women, certainly. Um, and I think, I think evident by the fact that men want to talk about their emotions oftentimes, and they're just you know looking for an outlet to do it. And oftentimes that burden's placed on their girlfriend 
girlfriends, which, you know, is an unfair girlfriend's wives, unfair, you know, things to, to place on them. Um, men, men don't realize that those toxic characteristics are directly like linked to things that the male gaze desires and not like the female gaze. And I think that's a lot of, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's cognitive dissonance or something like that, but at the end of the day, uh, things like, you know, excessively toxic gym culture, um, not talking about emotions, men don't realize that on, the only other people that want that is are like our men, um, mm-hmm. women, like they know that in the back of their heads, they realize that like, women evident by the whole trend of like dad bods or, or you know talking about your emotions they don't care about these things but they don't realize then that the only other people that care are, are men but they're all just surrounded in this like toxic circle where which they all like secretly hate in in different yeah. ways but they don't you know they just haven't connected all the pieces and i think uh, any men listening i think i think that that is a, an important takeaway to uh try and try and work on and i think uh, a practical you know first step is trying to have these conversations with with men men in your life and and just um trying to identify ways small ways in which you guys uh, you know can be better better people i just i wish that men would just take things it's so funny because the men are like so chill in their lives like they seem like they don't care about anything but then they think about every single thing that they're doing because they don't want to seem that they're not a man but i was i was gonna say like men overthink more than like any woman I know (laughs) yeah but it's just like I wish they would take themselves less seriously like sure people are looking at you but not everyone is looking at you you know like you can do things like which remind me of like like and they always feel like they need to make things manly to justify doing them like literally just even hanging out in a room like they have to call it a man cave like it can't just be like you're just hanging out with your <laughs> friends like not even like can you, you can just and I just I just wish men would be as chill as they look at but actually in their personal lives and their mm-hmm. mental well-being yeah I agree and I feel like as women um as it's being more ex- acceptable for women to um express their sexuality and things that they look for in men and try to reject what standards um that the patriarchy set like men has to have an eight pa- an eight pack and a six figure salary like as women are being allowed to express like things that they actually like i hope that men can internalize this and realize that like you're you're someone and this is again mostly in like heterosexual relationships and I think I can only speak to that from my experience but like I hope a lot of men internalize that and realize they are someone's dream man so I'm telling you trust me this is a Novira guarantee you are someone's dream man the way you are like it sounds super cheesy but you are um so tangible steps for men that are trying to be better and do better i think i I said a few times talk to your friends have these conversations um you know it starts starts with other men and and yourself of course um don't be afraid to you know be a little bit different um you know look look for role models uh if if you can if you can't find them within your friends or immediate you know people that you know um you know look look in media use tiktok find find some progressive ideas take find some takeaways 
I think be comfortable with being uncomfortable like a lot of men don't have the space or have never been taught to feel anything and then that manifests in very dangerous uh, ways whether it's to, towards other people or towards themselves or if it's self-inflicted so I think a really great step I think is for men to think about the things that they do and the things that hurt them or hurt or the ways that they're hurting other people and reflect. I think it's really important for men to reflect and notice the patterns of um, violence and negativity and toxicity and like start there because you don't know if you're doing something wrong. Like even if you're doing great, reflect about the things that you're doing and why. I think that's great for everyone to do and that's a great way for everyone to be better people but especially for men I think it holds a, a lot of gold if they if they were to practice it it's it, it's challenging to kind of unlearn everything that's been ingrained into us and you know while in our adult lives like we can make a lot of changes in our own patterns and behaviors I think that's possible but I feel like what is really important is raising the next generation to, you know, be more gentle. I think that would make the biggest difference. And it like this in itself could be its own topic of how do you explain gender roles and norms and all these things to a little kid. But I think raising them with the understanding that they don't have to like fit a specific archetype to be accepted by their peers or by their family or society um, allowing them to express emotions. Quite frankly, I think it, it does start in childhood for a lot of people. I feel like when you're a child, if you're taught how to verbally express your pain and your anger, um, it can really help you later in life. I mean, I agree. Like children always give us signs of how they're feeling, right? And then over time, we're the ones that learn to shut down the signs and tell them how to feel and how to not feel. So yeah, jumping off of you, Give your children space to express their emotions and how they feel, not on how you think they should express their emotions. Um, like Elvira said, be more introspective. I think we can all, rather than judging people and passing judgments, we can all take a moment and you know be introspective and reflect and learn more about ourselves and our behaviors. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to say is just be kind to yourself. Like, you know, that being kind to yourself and just trying to make yourself feel good we're all in this life for a short time so try to make the best um that you can and I was going to say something else oh yeah and change isn't easy like this isn't going to be a linear thing it's going to hurt you're going to fail you're going to succeed but we're always trying to better ourselves so one other thing that men can do is a big part of toxic masculinity is the way that it puts down women and one big thing is for men to reassess the way that they view women, because a lot of men don't <laughs> like women are like they just don't they just don't see women as people. And this is a common, common occurrence. And well, and introspection is super important. It is like whether you are like regardless of your sexuality, your gender culture etc it is so important to reassess the way that you view women and learn about women and I think it's just important to learn about women because when you do that and you accept femininity and women as people I think a lot of 
toxic characteristics and viewpoints are more like you can more clearly identify them in in yourself. I just wanted to make sure that we were addressing the the intersectionality of uh, men trying to to better themselves and like uh, remove themselves from from like toxic traits that maybe they're like they experience with their families with, with their dads. Um, I, I wanted to mention that I I do think uh, out of just like personal experience that it, it it's not just like um, just like a linear thing for POC men. I think. Um, when you try to be more progressive and you, you try to have better, better ideas of, of what it is to be, be a man, which may include, uh, you know, better expressing yourself in, in, in ways that aren't um, fitting, fitting the binary of, of what a man is seen as. Um, you can often be um, like ostracized by your communities. Like, like you're like, if, if you come from, you know, a, a Pakistani background an Indian background, you can be ostracized by those communities and, and kind of pushed away uh, for, for expressing yourself. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'd like to encourage any men that, that POC men that experience these things to continue to keep fighting to, to move, move, move forward with these things, because that's the only way we can move forward. And if, if what it requires is for you to have these conversations with family members, I think, you know, uh, obviously it's tough, but I think it continue to find, find in you to do so. If we start, if men start seeing females as other human beings, um, then we'll start to notice like what's right and what's wrong. Because usually like if another man of their friend is being treated that way, then they can automatically jump and say like, oh my God, like that's wrong. But if they don't recognize that the other person, like females are also human beings and they suffer from the same behavior, then they're never going to realize it. I want to say thank you guys for having this conversation. Like genuinely, Again, I'm not just saying this because I have to say it, but like this has been a very enlightening conversation for myself in particular. And like if nobody listens to this and takes anything away, know that I did. Um, and that's like that that's meaningful in itself. Not to say that I'm the most important person around, but I kind of am. But just joking. But like thank you guys. Thank you, Asil, Ijlal, Zahra, for this really, really amazing conversation. I've learned a lot. I hope that you guys have been able, like your viewpoints are amazing. I hope that you guys have taken a lot away from this conversation. And I hope that people listening and particularly men who listen to this gain some insight and and I hope it helps them. I hope it helps, or I hope it provides some good, however long this podcast is gonna be entertainment for whoever's listening. It has been a really wonderful time. Thank you guys for listening. This podcast is produced by Ethnocultural Support Services at Western University with music from Artlist.io. See you next time.